This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. The digital age commodifies our attention often without us realizing it. How can we open our eyes to the resulting dangers and the damage that can happen to our souls? Keep listening to find out more about Jay Kim's Analog Christian, a follow-up to his previous book, Analog Church. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth Table. Presented by Innervar City Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, 1 Samuel chapter 18 through 1 Samuel chapter 19. Chapter 18, Saul comes to fear David. When David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan and David became bound together in close friendship. Jonathan loved David as much as he did his own life. Saul retained David on that day and did not allow him to return to his father's house. Jonathan made a covenant with David, for he loved him as much as he did his own life. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with the rest of his gear, including his sword, his bow, and even his belt. On every mission on which Saul sent him, David achieved success, so Saul appointed him over the men of war. This pleased not only all the army, but also Saul's servants. When the men arrived after David returned from striking down the Philistine, the women from all the cities of Israel came out singing and dancing to meet King Saul. They were happy as they played their tambourines and three-stringed instruments. The women who were playing the music sang, Saul has struck down his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. This made Saul very angry. The statement displeased him, and he thought, They have attributed to David tens of thousands, but to me they have attributed only thousands. What does he lack except the kingdom? So Saul was keeping an eye on David from that day onward. The next day an evil spirit from God rushed upon Saul, and he prophesied within his house. Now David was playing the lyre, as usual. There was a spear in Saul's hand. And Saul threw the spear, thinking, I'll nail David to the wall. But David escaped from him on two different occasions. So Saul feared David, because the Lord was with David, but he had departed from Saul. Saul removed David from his presence and made him a commanding officer. David led the army out to battle and back. Now David achieved success in all he did, for the Lord was with him. 
When Saul saw how very successful he was, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David, for he was the one leading them out to battle and back. Then Saul said to David, Here's my oldest daughter, Mirab. I want to give her to you in marriage. Only be a brave warrior for me and fight the battles of the Lord. For Saul thought, There's no need for me to raise my hand against him. Let it be the hand of the Philistines. David said to Saul, Who am I? Who are my relatives or the clan of my father in Israel that I should become the king's son-in-law? When the time came for Merab, Saul's daughter, to be given to David, she instead was given in marriage to Adriel, who was from Meholah. Now Michal, Saul's daughter, loved David. When they told Saul about this, it pleased him. Saul said, I will give her to him so that she may become a snare to him, and so the hand of the Philistines may be against him. So Saul said to David, Today is the second time for you to become my son-in-law. Then Saul instructed his servants, Tell David secretly, The king is pleased with you, and all his servants like you. So now become the king's son-in-law. So Saul's servant spoke these words privately to David. David replied, Is becoming the king's son-in-law something insignificant to you? I'm just a poor and lightly esteemed man. When Saul's servants reported what David had said, Saul replied, Here is what you should say to David. There is nothing that the king wants as a price for the bride except 100 Philistine foreskins, so that he can be avenged of his enemies. Now Saul was thinking that he could kill David by the hand of the Philistines. So his servants told David these things, and David agreed to become the king's son-in-law. Now the specified time had not yet expired, when David, along with his men, went out and struck down 200 Philistine men. David brought their foreskins and presented all of them to the king, so that he could become the king's son-in-law. Saul then gave him his daughter Michal in marriage. When Saul realized that the Lord was with David and that his daughter Michal loved David, Saul became even more afraid of him. Saul continued to be at odds with David from then on. The leaders of the Philistines would march out, and as often as they did, David achieved more success than all of Saul's servants. His name was held in high esteem. Chapter 19 Saul repeatedly attempts to take David's life. Then Saul told his son Jonathan and all his servants to kill David. But Saul's son Jonathan liked David very much. So Jonathan told David, My father Saul is trying to kill you. So be careful tomorrow morning. Find a hiding place and stay in seclusion. I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are. I will speak to my father about you. When I find out what the problem is, I will let you know. So Jonathan spoke on David's behalf to his father Saul. He said to him, The king should not sin against his servant David, for he has not sinned against you. On the contrary, his actions have been very beneficial for you. He risked his life when he struck down the Philistine, and the Lord gave all Israel a great victory. When you saw it, you were happy. So why would you sin against innocent blood by putting David to death for no reason? Saul accepted Jonathan's advice and took an oath. As surely as the Lord lives, he will not be put to death. Then Jonathan called David and told him all these things. Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he served him as he had done formerly. Now once again there was war. So David went out to fight the Philistines. He defeated them thoroughly, and they ran away from him. Then an evil spirit from the Lord came upon Saul. He was sitting in his house with his spear in his hand while David was playing the lyre. Saul tried to nail David to the wall with the spear, but he escaped from Saul's presence and the spear drove into the wall. David escaped quickly that night. Saul sent messengers to David's house to guard it and to kill him in the morning. Then David's wife, Michal, told him, 
If you do not save yourself tonight, tomorrow you will be dead. So Mikkel lowered David through the window, and he ran away and escaped. Then Mikkel took a household idol and put it on the bed. She put a quilt made of goat's hair over its head and then covered the idol with a garment. When Saul sent messengers to arrest David, she said, He's sick. Then Saul sent the messengers back to see David, saying, Bring him up to me on his bed so I can kill him. When the messengers came, they found only the idol on the bed and the quilt made of goat's hair as its head. Saul said to Mikkel, Why have you deceived me this way by sending my enemy away? Now he has escaped. Mikkel replied to Saul, He said to me, Help me get away or else I'll kill you. Now David had run away and escaped. He went to Samuel and Ramah and told him everything that Saul had done to him. Then he and Samuel went and stayed at Naoth. It was reported to Saul, saying, David is at Naoth and Ramah. So Saul sent messengers to capture David. When they saw a company of prophets prophesying with Samuel standing there as their leader, the Spirit of God came upon Saul's messengers, and they also prophesied. When it was reported to Saul, he sent more messengers, but they prophesied too. So Saul sent messengers a third time, but they also prophesied. Finally, Saul himself went to Ramah. When he arrived at the large cistern that is in Seku, he asked, Where are Samuel and David? They said, At Naoth and Ramah. So Saul went to Naoth and Ramah. The Spirit of God came upon him as well and he walked along prophesying until he came to Naoth in Ramah. He even stripped off his clothes and prophesied before Samuel. He lay there naked all that day and night. For that reason, it is asked, Is Saul among the prophets? Psalm chapter 11 For the Music Director by David In the Lord I have taken shelter. How can you say to me, Flee to a mountain like a bird? For look, the wicked prepare their bows. They put their arrows on the strings to shoot in the darkness at the morally upright. When the foundations are destroyed, what can the godly accomplish? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes watch. His eyes examine all people. The Lord approves of the godly, but he hates the wicked and those who love to do violence. May he rain down burning coals and brimstone on the wicked. A whirlwind is what they deserve. Certainly, the Lord is just. He rewards godly deeds. The upright will experience his favor. New Testament reading. 1 Timothy chapter 5 through 1 Timothy Chapter 6, verse 10. Chapter 5. Instructions about specific groups. Do not address an older man harshly, but appeal to him as a father. Speak to younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with complete purity. Honor widows who are truly in need. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, they should first learn to fulfill their duty towards their own household and so repay their parents what is owed them. For this is what pleases God. But the widow who is truly in need and completely on her own has set her hope on God and continues in her pleas and prayers night and day. But the one who lives for pleasure is dead even while she lives. Reinforce these commands so that they will be beyond reproach. But if someone does not provide for his own, especially his own family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. No widow should be put on the list unless she is at least 60 years old 
was the wife of one husband and has a reputation for good works as one who has raised children, practiced hospitality, washed the feet of the saints, helped those in distress, as one who has exhibited all kinds of good works. But do not accept younger widows on the list, because their passions may lead them away from Christ, and they will desire to marry, and so incur judgment for breaking their former pledge. And besides that, going around from house to house, they learn to be lazy. And they are not only lazy, but also gossips and busybodies, talking about things they should not. So I want younger women to marry, raise children, and manage a household in order to give the adversary no opportunity to vilify us. For some have already wandered away to follow Satan. If a believing woman has widows in her family, let her help them. The church should not be burdened so that it may help the widows who are truly in need. Elders who provide effective leadership must be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard in speaking and teaching. For the scripture says, do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain, and the worker deserves his pay. Do not accept an accusation against an elder unless it can be confirmed by two or three witnesses. Those guilty of sin must be rebuked before all, as a warning to the rest. Before God in Christ, Jesus, and the elect angels, I solemnly charge you to carry out these commands without prejudice or favoritism of any kind. Do not lay hands on anyone hastily and so identify with the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. Stop drinking just water. Just use a little wine for your digestion and your frequent illnesses. The sins of some people are obvious, going before them into judgment, but for others, they show up later. Similarly, good works are also obvious, and the ones that are not cannot remain hidden. Chapter 6 Those who are under the yoke as slaves must regard their own masters as deserving of full respect. This will prevent the name of God and Christian teaching from being discredited. But those who have believing masters must not show them less respect because they are brothers. Instead, they are to serve all the more because those who benefit from their service are believers and dearly loved. Summary of Timothy's Duties Teach them and exhort them about these things. If someone spreads false teachings and does not agree with sound words, that is, those of our Lord Jesus Christ, and with the teaching that accords with godliness, he is conceited and understands nothing, but has an unhealthy interest in controversies and verbal disputes. This gives rise to envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant bickering by people corrupted in their minds and deprived of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a way of making a profit. Now godliness combined with contentment brings great profit, for we have brought nothing into this world, and so we cannot take a single thing out either. But if we have food and shelter, we will be satisfied with that. Those who long to be rich, however, stumble into temptation and a trap and many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all evils. Some people in reaching for it have strayed from the faith and stabbed themselves with many pains. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Gracious and holy God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your ear. 
We thank you that you hear our prayers and that you respond to them, O God, and that the Lord Jesus Christ is praying on our behalf right now. God, we thank you that even when we don't feel like it, we are covered. We are covered by your love. We're covered by the purposes that you have set forth in our life that are yes and amen. They will come to pass. We are covered by your word and your way and your will. And even when we feel uncovered and exposed, the truth is that the God of all creation, the God of the cosmos, the triune and holy God is ordering our path, is protecting us. And we thank you for this truth, this truth that even transcends our emotions, oh God. We thank you for the greater realities that we have in you. And Lord God, you don't cause us to be in denial about the reality of pain and suffering, grief and exhaustion that we may be feeling in this very moment. But yet in acknowledging that reality, you invite us into a greater reality that we are in the palm of your hand. And so every burden that we bring before you, where we feel like uh, we are living a life where we are being hunted, that we are under attack, oh God. We think about the Old Testament passage, oh Lord, from 1 Samuel and just the ways in which David was constantly under attack. And while we may not be warriors for a famous king, we may feel under attack in our own lives right now, oh God. And we're praying, oh Lord, that you would show yourself mighty and strong, caring and compassionate. This, oh God, is who you are. You are love. And so, oh God, would you protect those who feel overwhelmed by exhaustion, pain, frustration, and targeting, oh Lord? Would you strengthen them on every side? And would you protect them? And would you avenge them? And would you bring about justice for them, oh God? Lord God, we long to please you, oh God. So would you would you remind us of what you would want us to do, how you would want us to live, oh God? As we think about the first Timothy passage, Lord, we, oh God, are reminded of the responsibilities in the household of faith that we are to live lives that are not stumbling blocks for others, that we must not be busybodies and gossips, and that we must live lives in which we honor our families and that we honor the people of the church of the body of Christ, oh God. And so where we have been amiss, where we have rejected your commandment, your instructions on these things, oh God, would you correct us? Would you strengthen us? Would you mature us in the faith and would you grant us love? Lord, let it never be said amongst us that there are widows. There are those who are destitute, who have found the church to be a place that does not offer protection, love, kindness, and compassion. And when that is the testimony, O God, would you correct us and would you change that, O Lord? We thank you, O God, that you have made promises to the church and where we fall short, you have promised to fulfill what you have made the church to be. And for that, we say thank you. It is in Christ's name we pray. Amen. In Analog Christian, author Jay Kim explores how followers of Jesus should respond to the digital age, which inclines us toward discontentment, fragility, and foolishness. He also discusses the theological basis for living in creative resistance to the forces of our day and how Christians can cultivate the contentment, resilience, and wisdom to not only survive, but to thrive in this age. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, the word. That's promo code T H E. W-O-R-D at ivpress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag Truth's Table. Saints, 
Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee. Got something to say.